ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Pineapple Theory Podcast. Today, we are breaking down The Last of Us, the first three episodes, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, John. How are you doing, John? I'm good. I've had my toast and eggs. Oh, I had toast. I'm ready to, ready to take on the day. When you have toast and eggs, do you scramble the eggs or do you poach them? No, I have fried eggs. Oh, fried eggs. Nice. Yeah. I haven't had Sometimes I've poached eggs, but I'm not I'm not the greatest at making poached eggs. So here's what I found. Like fried eggs were always my favorite. In Canada they call them sunny side up. That's what yeah. a fried egg is. Um but my cousin introduced me to poached eggs. And poached eggs on, on toast with a little bit of like white wine vinegar and some salt and pepper on it is like is like my go to now. Like I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's not difficult. It literally just like get like a frying pan, boil like two, three centimeters of water in it. Crack, and just crack, stir it. crack an egg into it whilst you stir it and it just sort of gloops itself. Nice. I had toast and poached eggs yesterday. Uh, Are you a runny egg or a hardened? How would you like your yolk? I like it runny. I like it runny too. McKinley does So I can dip, so I can cut my toast and like mm-hmm. dip it in. Yeah, no, McKinley won't have a runny egg, but I love it. Runny. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's got it's got to be a runny egg. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the tricky part, though. If you like a runny egg, then that's really where the fine tuning of poaching an egg comes in, because you can overdo yep. it, and then your eggs. Like I don't mind a hard egg, but I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that runny. <laughs> anyway, what a start to this amazing conversation. <laughs> um, John, we're Talking gonna about eggs. We're not gonna do much of a catch up because we want to really dive into this. So. Obviously, The Last of Us is all the craze at the minute. Everyone seems to be talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, first and foremost, though, it was a video game. Now, I've never played the video game, but I was wondering if you have ever played the video game. So I've played it up until, um, I believe it's episode five, so I won't go into it, obviously. Oh, okay. Um, but I got to a point, and like it just, it's such a... I think I think I was trying to overplay it because it's one of those games where when you're walking around you have to look in drawers and cupboards and because oh, okay. you're trying to collect scrap materials that could potentially help you further down the line. Yeah, it's like a survival um, game, obviously. So it it was like a really like it just took forever to like get to the good bits, you know. Right. Um, and I think I kind of just fell out of it. And the, the the weird thing is is the bit that I got to mm-hmm. was such a good bit um like i'm surprised i didn't continue going you're uh, like grinning pop- ear to ear trying not to spoil anything which i don't is very it's because the, the the bit where i get to like uh-huh. it's okay it's such a like you're just you're just sitting watching apologies apologies if you can hear the dog by the way um he's kind of going crazy out the back sam or uh, harvey no nah, harvey uh-huh. harvey harvey's crazy yeah um um Okay, so my question was, so I've, again, I've not played the video game, but I'm going for the unique perspective of I'm going to watch the TV show and then I'm going to play the video game immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but does the TV show follow the video game pretty tightly or is it just sort of set in the same world? Or There's some, um, uh, there's some scenes where it's literally word for word. Wow. Like timing-wise, it's uh-huh. pretty spot on. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So yeah, I yeah. I do I think because I can't remember episode three 
being in the video game. Right. But uh, I think that's just something they've done. We'll yeah. obviously get to it, but I think that's something they've done to keep up with. Yeah, times. I mean, obviously, there's only one season out, and it's looking like nine episodes, which the ninth, eighth, and ninth are, should be coming out pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm wondering if I've fin- finished season one, can I then start playing the video game, or is 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 how many like TV series are we gonna get here? Because there's also The Last of Us two. There's a there's a whole second yeah. video game. So yeah, I'm not quite sure on that, but either way, we're wanting to talk about the TV show, so it's gonna be. Um, we're going to recap episodes one, two, and three. So mm-hmm. just a little sort of the first three intro. That's all I've seen, um, but we're going to intro that. So spoilers for that. So I'm just going to hit my spoiler button. No, I am your father. What? 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 Anyway, so yeah, spoilers. I was still expecting to see the, if you haven't seen the film, yeah. Your ass. <laughs> I, I do love that but we we committed to a new season two it's a new so. season it's a new us yeah we're we're new last of us it's, yeah anyway. <laughs> um okay right so do you want to give them a quick synopsis of episode one yeah we're gonna do the synopsis and then we'll sort of break it down further as best as we can remember um i watched all three of these yesterday but before we watched all three of these something very funny happened so did you watch it with mech we did so we watched it together because we both said that we wanted to watch it and friend of the podcast um shay who's the host of the toxic podcast she loves this um show and wanted us to watch it as well so we both sat down to watch it but a rare thing happened i gave i was off doing something so mckinley set up the the, the television device it's all right um John's just yelling at his sister. Yeah. Nice brother. Um, <laughs> She's not normally in the house, so she no! doesn't understand uh-huh. when I'm recording a podcast, it means I'm recording a podcast. Uh-huh. It's all good. Anyway, um, yeah, so McKinley like set up the, the, the TV and we have like this sort of streaming. It's not Netflix or something. It's like a not quite legal streaming service that you can get everything on. Anywho. Yeah. So McKinley, McKinley set it up and just hits play. And I'm like, cool. So we're sitting down and we start watching this episode. And it starts off with something that I was like surprised that happened because we hadn't necessarily seen the characters meet yet. But Mm -hmm. without realizing it, the very first episode of this show that we watched was episode seven. So I've actually seen episode seven. and That was my first introduction. But what's interesting is episode seven is actually like a flashback episode minus like yeah. the first 30 seconds so it kind of actually worked as a start to the show in a weird way so you've watched the whole of episode seven a whole of episode seven watched it all the way wow. through and then we're like right okay now we got to start episode two and i picked up the remote and i went back onto our menu thing and i was like mick what have you just done because this is not episode one no it's not no <laughs> But it's kind of weird because it is a flashback episode, episode it, seven. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm, we can't spoil works. it because I said spoilers for episodes one to three, but it's a flashback yeah. episode apart from something does happen. But I thought it was like one of those sort of like, here's the setup and then here's how we get to that part sort of intro to a show. And I was uh-huh. like, okay. But yeah, so I've seen episode seven <laughs> and then I watched one, That's two, and three. You're lucky it was episode seven you watched. Mm-hmm. Very well. Here's the thing, though. Because I think that if it was any other episode, I would have double checked. 
yeah. I would have started and got like, you know, five, ten minutes into it. And I would have been like, there's there's too much. Like people know each other too well and something yeah. would have clicked. But this one, it it seemed like a perfect intro because you see, um, yeah, again, I'm not going to spoil it. But Well, that's that's the thing. Without it, without spoiling episode seven, um, it is a very... Because when I sat down and watched it, it was a very slow and it feels yeah. like a pilot episode because mm-hmm. there's not much going on at no. the start for what's happening you don't because even i was a bit confused as to what was going on at the start um i was like why is so this became like a i i I watched the first episode and i was like i honestly don't know if i'm a big fan of this show it doesn't seem like obviously i didn't know it was episode seven but i was like i was like yeah we got halfway through and like you know one of us needed to go pee or make a drink or something and i was like i don't really like it's just no, like I'm, it. yeah like i'm not seeing like what the hook of this first episode yeah. is i was like i know everyone's talking about episode three episode three so i was like i guess we'll like we'll keep watching Power it obviously through. but uh yeah it doesn't it's not the best first episode anyway well it has gotten a lot of i think episode seven is the most backlash it's got from the fans okay so it's not it, it, it by definitely it is not the best um yeah it's, it was probably my least favorite yeah well so far. of the four that i've seen episode seven <laughs> wasn't as good as one two and three so so after watching episode seven you then had to sit down and start again. yes but <laughs> that also then made so it was funny because it was like i was rushing because i was like right i need to watch three episodes tonight so that i can record with john tomorrow morning mm-hmm. and then i was kind of pissed because i was like i was like i've just now i have to watch Still have to watch three episodes after spending <laughs> an hour watching episode seven. Yeah. So it was a long night. And then I ended up staying up late anyway because UFC was on, so it didn't matter. I suppose it will give you like a nice insight as to 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 Ellie's backstory. It does weirdly. And then Joel's backstory. Because you've got the both backstories yeah, yeah. going into yep. before they meet. Exactly. So it, it just weirdly worked out. But yeah. um yeah, definitely wouldn't recommend doing it though, because it's not the hottest <laughs> episode. But Anyway, enough of that funny malarkey. Let's start with episode one. So I'm going to read out the yep. synopsis and then we're going to break into it. So storyline reads, this is just the synopsis from IMDb given by HBO. So 2003, as a parasitic fungal outbreak begins to ravage the county, sorry, the country and the world, Joel Miller attempts to escape the escalating chaos with his daughter and brother. 20 years later, a now hardened Joel and his partner Tess fight to survive under a tot ooh, totalitarian. Oh, totalitarian. big words. Yeah, totalitarian. No idea how to pronounce that word. Like, at all. Is there a text-to-speech option? <laughs> Let's try this. Sorry, guys. I really am looking at this word and I cannot. Hold Here we on. go. Totalitarian. Totalitarian, what a word. Totalitarian. Jesus. That is... Totalitarian. Okay. Totalitarian. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. 20 years later, a now hardened Joel and his partner Tess fight to survive under a totalitarian regime whilst the insurgent fireflies harbor a teenage girl with a unique gift. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's basically... It's a really good first episode. Great pilot episode. It starts just fully diving you into sort of the start of this. And it it mm-hmm. reminded me Day a one. lot. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, 
it reminded me a lot of The Quiet Place. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the start of that, or maybe it's the start of actually the second movie. Either way, they do like Yeah, a when they're full, playing baseball. Yeah, that's the start yeah, of the second movie. One. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That whole thing like correlated very well with that. Of like, it's just a normal day. And then in the mm-hmm. background, you see some weird sort of shit start happening. Also, Birdcage, I think it was called. Where it was like the is that in, the one when they were like yeah where you can't see bird box bird box that's it that both those and this have that start where it's just like that normal day and then mm-hmm. something in the background looks a bit off you see like a bunch of sirens going by or something and you're like hmm whatever and whenever there's a radio or TV on the characters are never really paying attention to it but it's like you can breaking news it. downtown SWAT teams have stormed the building you know and it's like that kind of thing really good intro into it all and then well, uh, yeah what i thought made it work was the fact that it's in 2003 so it's mm-hmm. pre-social media yep and everyone's just going about their day they're going getting haircuts shopping picking right. the kids up there's there's helicopters in the air there's jets flying past and everyone's mm-hmm. just kind of like they're not spooked but they're like well i wonder what's going on mm-hmm. but they can't it's not like they can just pick up their phone like right now if there was jets flying over my head and helicopters. I'd be like, let me go into social media. Let me go on Twitter, check what's trending. Yeah. Oh, shit, there's a virus. I better get the fuck out. Yeah, I so do. I feel it. like that. Yeah. No, even like if it, if uh, too many sirens go by, I will like go on like the the Twitter of the local police or fire department and see what's been posted. What's going on? Yeah. But No, it's it kind of further into the episode when they're trying to escape... Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Boston they were in? Boston, yeah. So when they're trying to escape and it's like everyone's trying to do it at the same time, I feel like that's partly because shit hit the fan too late. Like it, it kind of everybody realized at the same time, oh mm-hmm. fuck, like shit's going down. Yeah. Instead of people being a little bit pre. But again, like, it's early like to the jump and getting out of the city before. It does a good job of showing that they really had no time to do it, right? No. Like, yeah. Like I think they hear when they're when they're sitting down for breakfast. Yep. At the start of the day on the radio, they hear something about Indonesia, something mm-hmm. or other, right? And then they're talking about where that place is, and you know, a couple sort of jokes there. But it's there's really no time for. And then she goes, um, the daughter whose name I don't actually remember, but the daughter Sarah. Sarah. Okay, so Sarah I goes. Think it's Sarah. Sure, that sounds good. Sarah goes off to school. And obviously, she's not going to know anything at school. As you said, no social media, no phones, none of that. Um, So, yeah, it's actually a really good point because I didn't even think of that, of it being 2003. I just thought, oh, you know, shit's hitting the fan. They're not checking up. What's interesting about it is, you know, when, so when they're making breakfast and uh, Sarah's like, oh, do you want pancakes? Mm -hmm. And they didn't have any pancake mixture. So it was just, Mm. um, it was just, I think they had cereal. Uh, and then later on, after she comes home from school, when she goes to the neighbor's house, she was offering her cookies and she was like the raisin cookies, so she didn't want any. So mm-hmm. she, again, she didn't have them. Um, so there was a, I seen a thing on, it was either TikTok, or, well, it wouldn't have been TikTok, but like Instagram reels or mm-hmm. YouTube shorts. And it was how, was, how Joe was nearly turned zombie before yeah. the apocalypse even had happened. Yeah. Because later on, I think it's maybe episode, episode two, two. Yeah, episode two, I think. Joel's talking to uh, Ellie about how the pandemic started. 
and it was um, in like wheat supplies and like barley. I think that's and... episode three, actually. I think it's episode. Is it episode three? Yeah, but it uh, doesn't matter. It's it's in there. Yeah, and they're talking about how the like how such a drastic change happened in mm-hmm. the space of twenty four hours, and it was because it was in obviously the food supply. Mm-hmm. So we could have seen obviously obviously it wouldn't have happened. Like the film, yeah. the TV show wouldn't have happened, or the game wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. if Joe was to have been infected. So. But it's, it's just an interesting little thing like, oh, there wasn't any pancake mixture, so they yeah. couldn't have pancakes, they didn't have cookies. Yeah, it's another so great that's point. How they You're making some good points it. here because, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Didn't even think of that. Although I didn't know that. I guess, yeah, thinking back to it, obviously that is... I, I just seen it can. on like a like a Facebook post where it like dives in deep. Yeah, no, that's good. That's great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted also to focus in on sort of just sort of the 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 harsh comparison that we've got at the minute is obviously we've just we're living through obviously hopefully fingers crossed we're on the tail end of it but we've lived through a pandemic yeah we've lived through so it. a show like this less zombies although. way less zombies um less biting of people's faces more just coughing yep. in each other's mouths um but like we've lived through something that's as close hopefully as we're ever going to get to this sort of movie being a thing and i think that the, well. the the weight that it adds to that is like it's undeniably like makes it a bit more sort of so at the start of episode one you know when the the tv presenter like they're all smoking cigarettes yeah. and the the guy's talking about how fungals like one step or two steps away from yeah. being able to do what it can do to ants and smaller mm-hmm. insects it's done a larger scale being able to do it to humans. Uh, apparently that shit's true. Yeah, it is. Like it's actually only like two, three steps away from like The Last of Us being a, a real thing. Yeah, and there is like when you were talking about like these these ants and stuff that get taken over by fun, that's definitely true. Like that's that's an actual yeah. thing that happens. Like you know? That shit can, whew, that's a terrifying thing. It is, especially when it's like, well, you know, it has to be like, they have to adapt to survive in a warmer climate. And it's like, well, you know, mm. there's global warming. <laughs> yep. So It's happening. But it's okay, because I live in Canada, and Canada's fucking cold. So. so Scotland. Although summertime, it gets pretty hot, and it's getting hotter. So, I mean, you never know. Maybe in the summer, though, just, the fungi will I feel me. like Scotland's just so not blessed it's not blessed with good summers and it's not blessed with good winters mm-hmm. here's the thing though I, I could be completely wrong here i could be because obviously no idea this is obviously a made-up story who knows mm-hmm. but if in real life fungi were to adapt i don't ever see it becoming a thing where it would spread through your body within like 15 to 5 minutes if you get yeah, like on your face so that's that's the part of the movie that obviously they're doing for dramatic sake when yeah. you see that poster and it's like um you know if you get bit in the foot or leg you've got like 24 hours ish if you get mm-hmm. bit in the arm you've got like 6 to 12 hours and if you get bit in the na- neck or face you've got 5 to 10 minutes <laughs> yeah what what's an interesting point is when you look at it from if you look at it from Joe's perspective right so when the mm-hmm. When they're escaping, when they're just getting out of their house, so because obviously Joe's not in the house, it's just Sarah mm-hmm. by herself, and then they come rushing in the car. Joe grabs Sarah from like yep. the neighbor's house, and obviously the the old granny's running at him. Yeah. And for Sarah, she's looking at it like that's the next door neighbor. Yeah. 
and so is Joe, admittedly. Like he would be looking like I've lived next to this person for I don't know, we don't really know, but say ten years. Mm-hmm. And then he like swings a I believe it's a baseball bat or a wrench. Comic night shirt a wrench. Wrench, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you see like neighbors in the background saying, Joe, what the what fuck? The like Well, so even like, his brother. So his brother has the gun pointed at the old lady and the yeah. brother asks, Joel, what are we doing? Uh-huh. And then like Joel swipes at her straight away and then yeah yeah as they're driving away the old man the husband or whoever comes out too and the neighbor is like runs over and it's like are you okay and then you see her getting like both yeah taken out it is it is yeah i I, the best comparison is to a quiet place because i've actually been really wanting to re-watch a quiet place Mm -hmm. quiet place one and quiet place two especially i don't like horror movies at all but I love those movies. I just yeah, think they've got a really nice feel to them. There's just something. It's it's probably the lack of dialogue for some reason. Yeah. It just means that visually, like you have to focus in on it, and it's and it's kind of crazy. And yeah, the this the start of this gave me very similar, excuse me, similar sort of um, ideas to that. But I guess yeah, let's just talk about that. So the first scene that we see with sort of this fungi infected zo- can we call them zombies is that all right we can just say zombies yeah we can call them zombies yeah, okay yeah i know that you know they're not zombies or maybe they are whatever we're gonna call them zombies so our first yeah. sort of scene with a zombie is sarah coming into the kitchen stepping on blood and then we see the old lady like bent over the the carer or whoever that was and then she lifts up her face and she's got the little fungi sort of things coming out of her mouth what was your sort of initial reaction to the look of the the zombie disgusted yeah so I've, obviously playing the i thought the that because you game. don't like holes and things i wondered if yeah. this would also bother you there's a lot like there's a lot more to come i think after episode three i'm pretty sure there's a couple of disgusting moments well there's and one it, in episode was, two that's quite unique the one that in the museum that can't see and it's got sort of this sort of like cauliflower oh yeah the creakers i don't know are they they're called the clicker clickers oh they're the, the clickers like, yeah okay. yeah anyway we're gonna come uh, on to that but just focus on the old lady for now like, but the old lady like when you see the like the little fungal mm-hmm. wires coming out of her mouth and mm-hmm. it's it's nothing like the walking dead where it's it's just no. zombies with like one arms and yeah like, kind of like dark bloodshot eyes and mm-hmm. this is the production team of went over and beyond like yeah. anything that I could have imagined. It's, they've done a really good job. With yeah, the, I've, I've got looks to bring the, up on that the, on the episode zombies. two because the whole museum and, and things are like, I, I want to mention Incredible. That. But anyway, we're going to get there. Okay, so yeah, initial thing, pretty crazy. Um, And then, yeah, the whole, let's just fast through the, the whole escape, obviously super intense. Everyone's doing the same thing. They got nowhere to go. And then we get to the, the I know we're skipping a whole bunch, but it's all pretty much the same of just, driving running yeah, trying just to survive. trying to get out of the, the city and then we come to the scene of the military man and you know joel's holding sarah and the military man clearly gets orders just to just kill them no survivors essentially um yep. which is a harsh reality that i definitely believe would happen sadly yeah um yeah yeah it would the, the, uh, like movies always make it very clear that they will you know the governments will cut off an arm to to keep the body alive to save the body i completely Absolutely. believe that they would 
Um, so yeah, Sarah gets shot up pretty good. And that's pretty much the end of that scene of the flashback. Obviously, we then there's still more of episode one. But obviously, having played the video game, I'm assuming this isn't shocking yeah. news. Like we knew this. No. This is like the opening of the video game. Yeah, I knew this one was coming. Okay. Uh, so it w- wasn't as much of a shock. Um, it was definitely a shock when I was playing the game. Uh, in a way, because like obviously the front covers Joe and Ellie. Yeah. Uh, so I I knew that something was going to happen, but I didn't realize that she would have, you know, been shot. So I was there thinking, and then. obviously, it wasn't a shock to me either because I'd seen episode seven <laughs> and I knew yeah, that. So you knew. I knew all I knew was that this girl, so his daughter, was not the actor that I saw Joel with in the, in the brief scene that I saw him with in episode seven, right? Yeah. Um, or even the rest of episode seven obviously focuses on Ellie. Um, so I sort of was like, okay, I don't think your daughter's going to make it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the second it came up with the person, I was like, oh, yeah, she's she's this isn't going to end well for her. Um, but, yeah, I mean, freaking devastating. I mean, the whole day in itself, going from your birthday into the early morning of the next day after your birthday, the whole world going to shit, and then your daughter getting shot in your arms is... A very horrible, very horrible, horrible day. Um, but it's a it's an interesting one for for Joel because obviously further down the line, um, when they're tasked with you know getting Ellie in, uh, getting Ellie out of the the QZ, uh, we see a point where I'll tie it back in when we get there. Yeah. But just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. The, no, I I mean, there's obviously going to be. They're showing us that he had a daughter for a reason, and it's yeah. pretty clear at some point he's going to start sort of seeing Ellie as a daughter. I would assume, or or I something. Like everything that he's in nowadays, he's always got to have a little sidekick. I think so. I mean, this is like. I mean, I've seen all the memes all over social media that he's like Pedro Pascal is the actor's name, and he's like the ultimate daddy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I hate that term, but, you know, that's what people are saying. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so that's that covers pretty much the flashback scene. The only other character we didn't really mention much is the brother. Um, yeah, Tommy. So, Tommy. So Tommy is sort of, like, there and survives, um, shoots the guy who shot El, uh, Sarah. Sarah. And then we cut straight into 20 years later, I think. It goes straight to yeah. 2023, right? 20-year jump. Which is an interesting one because it's not like anything that's been done before on TV. Not like anything done, but zombie talking. Yeah. It's like The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. Um, Well, The Walking Dead has got to be the main comparison to this show, right? Like there's not another one that I can think of that would be sort of the same production scale and Mm -hmm. sort of general idea. But yeah, Walking Dead goes from sort of like... The kind of first day yeah i think it takes a couple episodes until you see the sort of like normal world going into crazy zombie world because i think that Mm -hmm. he just sort of wakes up in hospital is the is the rick wakes up in hospital as the first episode yeah because he was knocked unconscious by something before he knew about the zombie sort of thing yeah he was in a a police chase i believe yeah something and Uh, then then he just sort of discovers the world which is only a few a day or so into it so it, it again uh. the 20 year jump obviously pretty huge um so yeah this is the part that i then started to struggle with because it is it is a harsh jump into 
this new world, right? Mm-hmm. This totalitarian regime world. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and like, I, I guess just off the get go, they're like they're clearly doing shit. So he's like talking to a, a guard who's like I th- I'm assuming he's bribing or something. Um, mm-hmm. We well before that we get an intro by the little child sort of walking in and getting her neck scanned and obviously she's she's got, she's got the infection which has a name but I'm never gonna say it. it's like should should no or something oh, I have no idea yeah because of a ch um anyway yeah so we see the kids you know obviously getting infected and then they you know youth euthanize her pretty quickly um or <laughs> him. And then Joel's burning the body. But yeah, we're thrown into this world straight away. And there's like a hanging going on in the courtyard, which I yep. was like, that's pretty freaking crazy off the get-go. It's a very, it's like it goes from, like, you see civilized life crash and burn within 24 hours. And then 20 years later, mm-hmm. it's it's right back to how humans were 500 years ago. Yeah, it's very... You know, it's a very... If you don't follow the laws that are in place by the government that have just elected themselves into the government, mm-hmm. uh, you will be killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're hearing... I guess we get the scene with Tess where mm-hmm. she's... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, everyone. Late night. Um, just just quickly, sorry, though. Mm. I thought it was a nice... when When the body was in the back of the trailer, Yeah, you see a woman... Mm-hmm. go up to it and she she's turns like, around and nope. she's like i can't do it mm-hmm. and then joel just turns around picks the body up and chucks it into burning mm-hmm. like you know he's he's a very mentally i wouldn't say he was mentally stable but mentally hardened he's a yeah, very he, mentally hardened man the whole first episode does a really good job of showing you the clear difference the 20 years has made to him and yeah. for obvious reasons yeah. but like yeah he is a bit more talkative making jokes sort of obviously living a normal life you know and very much close and connected with his family his brother and his daughter and then yeah we see the juxtaposition to where he gets to of just being this hard outer shell no real emotion Mm -hmm. in his voice or anything and just doing stuff um so yeah we see tess she's like sort of tied up in this weird interrogation sort of scene with this guy talking about a car battery um Mm -hmm. I was sort of a bit lost here. I didn't know who they were talking about or what was going on and the purpose of it. But I essentially got the idea that they must be doing some underground sort of like trading of stuff and it didn't turn good, but she needs a car battery because Joel needs a car battery. And I think that it came to light in episode one that this was because they were trying to go and save his brother or he lost contact with his brother or something through the radio waves and he wants to go see him, see if he's okay. Um... And then the bomb goes off and there's talk of like this term fireflies, which yep. having seen episode seven, I've heard the name before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's talk of like fireflies, which I guess are what they are calling a terrorist sort like of the, organization. So the, the uh, I can't remember what the government are called. It begins with an F. Far, far, far something. Far, fight. Um, it's blank on me, but... They are like the government, and they are saying that these people, the Fireflies, are terrorists, but really the Fireflies are just like rebellion fighters that are trying to have a better quality of life for the people. They they don't want it to be like a 
you have to do this, you have to do that. If you don't follow the rules, like the quarantine rules and mm-hmm. lockdown rules, like you will be killed, basically. Yeah. So they're yeah. trying to free the people of that. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a classic sort of government versus rebel sort of system, and then just deciding where the characters fall either way. But yeah. it's very clear, I think, off the get go that Joel is just him and Tess are for themselves. Like they will play the game of both parties to to get what they want out of it get and get deep. where they're going. Um so yeah, we have that. We then have Joel uh and Tess plan to go get these batteries off the guy and it's sort of a juxtaposition between that and showing Ellie who's tied up and being told that she's important for some reason by the Firefly group. And they both come together in a in a clash and sort of are on a split to split. They've got a limited time to basically like say, all right, Joel, like our plan's gone to shit. You want the car batteries and the money, so it works out you perfectly. Take you take her to the other group of fireflies. Essentially, is what it all comes yeah. down to. Um, something that I thought was interesting, and I still don't quite know the. I believe her name was like Melissa or something. The head of the Firefly sort of organization there, they get shot in the stomach. She, I think, calls Ellie Veronica at some point or something like that. Like she calls her like a different name or like, and I don't know. I don't know why. I was going to Google that actually. Because Ellie doesn't know who her parents are, right? And I believe it's because... Yeah, I so it says Melissa, um, Ellie calls knows. herself Veronica in The Last of Us to hide her real identity. Oh, okay. Okay. Just yeah, because Ellie was a an agent with uh, fight. Is it Fidra? Um, Last of Us government name. I believe it's like uh, Fidra. Well, yeah, so it's it's an acronym. So it's the Federal Disaster Response Agency. So FDRA, FIDRA. FIDRA, Fedra. yeah. Fedra. So she was like an agent of becoming one of the, yeah. the soldiers. Um, so obviously she can... People... She, Melissa didn't want, obviously, people knowing that she had a, a, a pupil of the FIDRA school. Yeah. In a captivity. But yeah. no, yeah, they, they kind of fall into... Yeah, it's very sort of two pass crossing, sort of lucky situation, I guess. Um, And then they sort of get out and the guard that we see um, Joel previously trading with sort of catches them on the way out and Joel beats him to a pulp with his fists. So that was the the interesting bit because you see Joel starting to freeze up. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do I do? What do I do? Because if he scans her and it's red, he's going to shoot her there and then. And then it's like... It's all coming back to him about Sarah, and then he just like snaps and boofed. Yeah, he kicks his head in, and that's also the first part that the two characters learn of Ellie sort of being infected. Yep. Um, and that's sort of the end of episode one, and then the the, the episode two picks up with that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. so just a recap then on episode one, just super quick. I think it was an incredible first episode, much better than episode seven. Um, sets the world up great shows a clear juxtaposition shows the character and sort of where they're at headspace wise versus who they used to be and also Uh their reason that the way that they are having lost obviously someone so close to them Um, I did 
I did and I do wonder, and this is just sort of a point across the show of the three episodes that I've seen. It 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 it's really good. It is very good, but it's not it's not done enough yet for me to really like make a clear distinction between this and like The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Like it's it obviously it's an apocalyptic sort of thing. So there's there's the The Walking Dead's the 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 easiest comparison to make to it, and I'm just waiting for the for the something that makes this like a bit different from sort of that at the minute. And episode three didn't do that for you. Episode three did, but The Walking Dead has episodes like that. Episode like there's there's I can't remember his, the character's name, but there was one character in particular that I really liked. I think his name was Eli or something in The Walking Dead. It's been a while since I watched The Walking Dead, and I the the priest guy. Um, yeah, maybe the e- priest guy. Eli? Yeah. No, it's it's like his friend. Or is it the white guy? No, the white guy that's the black guy that's like Rick's fr- kind of helps him. Oh, he's crazy. Like early and, doors. Yeah, he's crazy. But then he comes back, back and he's it, yeah. not so crazy. Lost his son or something. Anyway, they yeah. do like a flashback episode for like him and his like backstory and stuff, and it's very much like emotional sort of you know playing and whatever. Mm-hmm. So episode three is like is just like one of these one-off episodes that they're doing to build like some real depth and like character sort of into this world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it it's really really good. I just think that the main storyline at the minute, there's not too much that that separates it from The Walking Dead in my case. Like they're sort of mm-hmm. they do some scavenging. There's obviously the the zombies and like be really quiet. And it's just obviously it's just, it's just the world that it is. Um, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is phenomenal. So I'm just interested to see of like how they separate themselves a bit more down the line if it does or if it doesn't. And that's basically just going to be on the storyline of what they do. Because yeah. every apocalyptic thing is, yeah, like, you know, we're in these quarantine things. It sucks. We have to take some risky decisions to stay alive. And then we're trying to solve the quarantine thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just interested to see what would separate it from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so episode, episode two. two. Let's read the... That there's not kicks off. There's not much of a synopsis here, but I'll read it. It says, after escaping... The QZ, Joel and Tess clash over Ellie's fate while navigating the ruins of a long-abandoned Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when they... Because where does... Are they going so, through sewers to begin with? or No. So this episode picks up, um, I believe... Well, actually, the start of this episode is the Indonesian flashback. So I want to talk about okay, that. Okay, yeah, so it is. Um... So there's actually a trivia piece here. I wonder if I could read this because this seems to be talking about it. Um, the episode shows how the Cordyceps, that's the name of the Cordyceps, that's the Cordyceps pandemic began in Jakarta, home of one of the largest flour mills in the world, and implies that contaminated flour likely caused the quick um, spread across the globe, other than a radio broadcast that the millers listened to over breakfast. The previous episode also hints at this, showing us several instances in which Joel and Sarah unknowingly avoid eating flour, as you mentioned. When Sarah is unable to make Joel pancakes, when they turn down their neighbor's biscuits, and when Joel forgets to buy the birthday cake. Um, yeah, there's just some facts. But anyway, yeah, it picks up in Jakar with a professor of the university and i guess the best sort of um 
studying fungal person that's mm-hmm. there um and she gets taken in the first thing off the get-go is she's like yeah this you know why have you mixed this sample with such and such a substance and they're like well because that's how you preserve like it if it's from human tissue and she's like yeah but this can't exist in human tissue and then they take her to the the body of this woman um who's been bit on the ankle and mm-hmm. she cuts her ankle and sees the fungi sort of in there and then she reaches into the mouth pulls out the little fungi thing that are still sort of growing and that's that um the interesting part of all of this is obviously we kind of knew this anyway but i guess we're learning a little bit more about the anatomy of how this works um we hear that essentially this woman was working at a flour mill totally normal and then started fighting and biting four of her co-workers and then they locked her in the bathroom and then the police came and even when the police came this woman started attacking the police force as well which is basically interesting because in general if someone does have a snap the second the police get involved they're not likely to attack the police yeah because they know if they're I done the police, I'm really fucked. exactly so obviously no care for that because not anybody home really um and then she asks how many people are like sort of they they got hold of the four people that she bit but no one knows who bit her originally and then she said that there are 14 other workers that are now missing from that factory Mm -hmm. and he's asking you know can you make a vaccine can you make a medicine and she says there is never going to be a vaccine there's never going to be a medicine you need to start bombing this city yep and that's basically the only thing that's suggesting that she has. The kind of hard truth of bomb the city, stop the spread. Yeah. Which, thank God they didn't do that for COVID. I know, I imagine. Just but, chucked a load of bombs over at China. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure that wouldn't have ended well. That is what's, again, like, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to make this a COVID thing, but it's really hard to not watch this show and make that comparison. Because when they're saying, uh-huh. look, here's, you know, there's this incident at this, at this place. Now people are dropping dead. Obviously, in this one, they're going crazy, but dropping dead. And the military is like, well, what the hell do we do? And they're like, you know, you've got to make a vaccine and some medicine like pronto and that's what our world fortunately managed to go ahead and start doing like they were on it (laughs) and making vaccines and everything but it is scary to just see like anytime you hear the term quarantine now or pandemic or virus or vaccine these are like strong trigger words like to to the life that we've now lived and are continuing to live so yeah craziness um i did love this though i thought this scene was great because I like I like a, I I like the pandemic-y sort of stuff and I think that this show is doing it better than The Walking Dead because uh-huh. they're showing us and telling us r- right away what the fuck happened. Like yeah. I don't like the idea of it being sort of this long-running mystery, but I like that even Joel well, knows like- that it's from Flower and like how this shit works. Like if you get bit, it's uh-huh. X amount of time and you know, it's a fungus and we see in this one too, like later on in the episode, they know all about how the fungus actually goes underground and like you can trip on it and it will set off everything, which we're going to come to in more detail. It's got a hive mind. All that to say, like I like that we're getting this information off the get-go and it's not one of those leave you guessing and then maybe in season two or three they'll figure something out and it'll be like, well, it must have been from the flower, you know? Like, I think uh, like th- that for me, that's where it separates from The Walking Dead because 
we're going 20 years into the future, whereas I think there's 11 seasons of The Walking Dead now. So that's 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 year 11 since the pandemic, because obviously each season's a year passing. So like one through, so I've watched one through season nine of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of talk about the old world or, because they don't really know how it happened. They just kind of assume that it was some sort of bug that took over or disease or um there's no real confirmation of that through the show but that's because when you're watching the walking dead you're kind of living it as they're trying to rebuild a life yeah well an interesting thing with the walking dead too is that like if you die of anything you come back as a zombie yeah yeah which is also we get a scene in episode two here in the last of us where you know being dead Joel says it like they walk past a mass grave that the government like killed them because there wasn't enough room in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, essentially like being dead is better than you being like one of these fungus people. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a horrible decision having to. It's terrible. It's not great. Um, okay. I feel like that was Ellie's first like wake up call as to, okay, this world that I've been protected from, from mm-hmm. Fedra for so long. Like, maybe it was worth being protected. Yeah, so this whole thing is interesting because the character of Ellie has never been outside of quarantine. She's just been raised in this world. So there's tons of instances where she doesn't know things. I mean, there's a huge one in episode three, which we're going to come to about a car. But yeah, like she's, she's like, in episode two, we see her walking into a hotel. She's seeing the outside world for the first time she's seeing what the city looks like she's seeing a hotel and she knows about that you ding the bell and like someone will take your bags away but it's like all this like fantasy like crazy world to her that she's only ever Mm -hmm. read about um so she has this sort of unexpected and quite jarring optimism when she's like out and about in the world and she's super excited by stuff versus joel and tess who are like clearly like not having any joy from it and they Mm -hmm. used to live in this world when it was fully running and normal and now they're just seeing a ruin versus ellie who you know is hasn't seen any of of this world only read about it so seeing it in the ruin for the first time is still is super exciting for her um which is an interesting and quite jarring like obviously difference between the two i think it also just goes to show even more so has a bigger impact on the age difference between the two. Like Joel yeah. and Tess are obviously like older and Ellie's 14. So she's like just a young kid, like having fun essentially, whereas adults are normally more serious and brooding. So it yeah. just plays on that. Um, So opening scene for this, other than the, the Indonesian stuff, we have very stunning visually, but... I was going to say that because the, the, code, yeah. the co-director of uh, The Last of Us was was working, I think he was either director or again, the co-director of Chernobyl, oh. where it was very like intense scenes where there's maybe not, no dialogue, but it's like kind of smart dialogue, there's mm-hmm. very, there's not much going on background noise wise, it's yeah, some of the shots you get, like some of the shots in The Last of Us have been absolutely out of this world. Yeah, so um, my favourite is this 
yeah, she's asleep and then she wakes up and she's on this perfect patch of like wild flowers and grass and stuff that is formed because of a gap in the ceiling where sunlight comes through and just where the sunlight hits, growth and like rebirth, I guess, of, of wildlife has like started. And I love visuals like that. Like yeah. all these like abandoned cities and apocalyptic movies when they're just abandoned cities and whatever i'm like yeah but when you see that like wildlife and stuff has started growing there's vines all over like the skyscrapers and it's sort of just this constant reminder that like the world will go on without humans and yeah. we'll, we'll find a way and we'll adapt and do whatever um and i love that sort of like strong visual um but yeah we get the opening scene and it's straight away an interrogation of like how the fuck have you not turned into a fungal person you've been bit and you're testing positive. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. I, can you hear the dogs? I can hear the dog, but that's fine. So, just, apologies for having, anyone that can hear that. They're having uh, a, a, a time. Um, yeah. So, Sorry, yes. the, so um, what what did you think of how they sort of delivered that scene of like, you know, she's she caves straight away with what this the the fireflies person told her not to tell anybody yeah but she gives them the information of yeah basically hey look i'm you know i could be i don't know immune or have something in me that this is the well she obviously felt like it was it had to be said um but joel's a cynic off the get-go joel's like we're gonna have to shoot her now she's gonna turn we have to get rid of her um but then it's when you see when they're at the point, you know, where they've got through the museum mm-hmm. and uh, Tess is unfortunately, I believe it's her arm as well that's been bit, right? Or is it like her neck? No, or her shoulder or something? neck sort of area. Yeah, she doesn't yeah, have long. Clavicle, right? Uh, and she's like, look at that. Like, that was 15 minutes. And yeah. then grabs Ellie's arm and is like, that's six weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Like, this is clearly the how we rebuild a future well as they come actually as they come so as they come out of the museum ellie's been bit in the same spot once again she gets bit twice there she has the original one and then she has a new fresh one um so did she get bit again yeah again in the same spot which i thought was weird but anyway yeah she gets bit in the exact because she says oh man not again she's like annoyed by it and she's like well at Mm -hmm. least it's me rather than you two and then we later find out that Tess has also been bit and she's like turning fast versus Ellie who's not changed a single bit um, know, yeah. just before we get to that end scene for for uh, Tess's demise um, I want to talk about the museum scene and I'm going like through that okay in fact yeah before that because they have to go in before that they, they go into the hotel and then they look out onto sort of this pile of, of fungal people that are like moving around and rolling about a bit and this is where Joel says that they're all sort of connected. Or, sorry, Tess says that they're all oh, connected. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you remember sort of the, the rules and what they say about that? Because there's something about, so, like, they go, like, the, the roots run underground or something. I, I couldn't quite get it. Yeah, so it's it works like a hive mind where the, the entire fungal mm-hmm. is one thing. Okay. So, if one person who is just roaming the streets... Um, if you come into contact with that person, other zombies in the area that have been, you know, taken over by this fungal, they will be aware of it and they will then right. move on that okay. position. Same when it's underground, if there's a, a vine going across a tunnel, if you step on that tunnel, 
it will the the, so the, the fungal sense it stranger so it things kind of connected here like about the hive mind sort of thing of like yeah if they if they break a vine somewhere then the rest of the dark beings sort of know okay. yeah cool um, that's why they're kind of like tiptoeing like making sure where they're watching uh, yeah and that's step. also why when they go to the museum like joel like tests the root and finds out it's completely bone dry so it's, it's dead it's yeah dead, which is interesting um strong visual connection i don't know if you ever saw war of the worlds but war of the mm. worlds um these aliens come down and they lay these red vines all over everything um and it's like they're like sort of like weed or plant or whatever it is that they're trying to convert earth into but yeah visually okay. it looks quite like that um yeah i wanted to mention just visually as well the museum scene because as they're going up the stairwell and seeing all the vines and all the people that are sort of like a part of the fungus sort of vines in the wall yeah they're all like connected and crazy shit like i don't know how they make stuff like that and how long it would take to do that because like the detail is like and you got to imagine it's like a it's like prosthetics and props and stuff. Like yeah. obviously it's not a real person, it's probably just like a mold of a person, but still I'm imagining someone like hand painting all these and like oh, mm-hmm. it just it looks so good. It looks so good. Well, the good. ones that like move and stuff with like growths on their head, yeah. like they look, that will just be makeup artists mm-hmm. that have designed all that. Yeah. I mean they probably um, animate the little fungi sort of moving bits, but yeah, it definitely makeup artists and, and real sort of prosthetics. I mm-hmm. think that the in the museum shots look great. I do think that when you see sort of the city as a whole, it it looks good, but it you can tell it's not it's not real. And like all the all the yeah. the fungi people were rolling around, like you could tell they're just sort of like little, you know, CGI, yeah, animated things or whatever. Um, but. But, I mean, we, we can live for that. You can, obviously. And Sorry, terrible time to take a drink of water. Um, something I was going to say is that I also think it's... I always think it's going to be... It's not going to look real because you don't you can't see it in your, your head. You always see it as a fake thing. So when you see these yeah. huge abandoned cities, no matter how realistic the render is or how realistic the CGI or whatever you want to call it is... You're always gonna feel like it's not real because you've never seen a, a building that's leaning over, covered in vines, like you know. Yeah. So I think it looks stunning. I, look, I think it looks as good as it could ever look. It's just always when they show the big, vast shots, those make yeah. me believe way less than like the close knit little museum going up the stairwell, seeing and seeing these prosthetics and whatnot. Uh-huh. I just think it takes you out too much. Um, but yes, then we have the clickers. Mm-hmm. which i don't imagine you like the look of because their faces are kind of holy and and whatnot weird very very weird looking i didn't like them in the game nor do i like them in this mm. that was another thing with the game like it was a very hard game especially the museum scene when they're trying to like creep their way around the, the clickers and stuff you have to you have to find certain objects to throw at certain areas mm-hmm. to get them to go away and then like it's very you know I can't I just believe like actually how things. similar it sounds like the video game is to the TV show. Like, I generally thought that the video game would be like set in the same world and they'd have the same mission, but they wouldn't like go to the museum or something. It would be. Oh no! Like... Yeah, they they've done very very similar things. Yeah. Wow, that's actually um, quite cool. Apart from episode three, I can't remember episode three being in a in it. Well, uh, it would be hard to just. But no, the clickers. So 
for anybody that maybe doesn't know, obviously the clicker the clickers are blind. They they just go off of sound. Um, so you could be standing right next to it as long as you're quiet, it will just walk right past you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that scene was extremely intense because the you just get the feel that any slight wrong nudge or yeah. fall or trip like you're you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and is this the part where does Ellie Ellie doesn't she just runs away right? She doesn't have a gun or anything. No, she doesn't have a gun. Um, but she does have. She has her little knife, but I don't know. Yeah, does she not have to like stab one of them? No. I don't think so. Maybe get mixed up. Hmm. And maybe get mixed up. Yeah, no, she doesn't. Like, because they get separated for yeah, a bit. But then Joel comes the back with Ellie. Tess is away. Um, mm-hmm. Joel shoots one of the clickers, and then the second yeah. clicker gets taken out by uh, Tess when she comes back into the scene. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is. Yeah, I've always found the use of guns weird in zombie games. Not not even just games, but like zombie films and TV shows. Yeah, I feel like why not just have a silencer on it, mm-hmm. especially when it's a pistol. Yeah, I I think it's like honestly, I I think it's because of The Walking Dead that I'm just so used to like yeah, you just need a knife and stab him in the head. Like that's the best way to do it. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, it also, like, The Walking Dead gets you used to that, but also, like, takes you away from the fact that, like, close combat isn't ideal against a zombie, you know? Because that's no. when you're going to get bit. Um, yep. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the the guns and the the noises. Also, there was one scene where, like, he's, like, reloading his gun and he's got one of these, like, revolvers where he has to load individual bullets. And I was like, damn, that is not an ideal gun for this situation. Not the one that you want. No. But then I thought he had the empty shells and I thought maybe he's going to start throwing them somewhere else and do a distraction sort of thing. But it doesn't. But either way, that's fine. Um, yeah, so then... Fast forwarding through, we find out Tess has been bit. We then get to the sort of the place where they're supposed to meet up with the Fireflies. They've all been taken out. Um, by who or what, we don't find out. They're I don't just, think we know. No, yeah, they're all I don't just... Think we know. I believe we been, just know that they were taken out. Um, I think they speculate. So one of them has like the fungi sort of thing on them. So I, I, I think they speculate that basically they realized one of them was infected and they just started opening fucking fire ran. and everyone yeah. died. Which is, yeah, probably something there. Um test then sort of weird it's a badass moment i'm gonna i'm gonna say no because it's no no because it's weird like the way she goes about it don't get me wrong sacrificing herself that's a badass moment but the way she goes about it is terrible like she pours over all the gasoline to like have fuel and then she throws a bunch of grenades onto the floor and but then she decides, and McKinley actually made this point, so credit to her. She then decides to use like the Zippo lighter rather than just like using a freaking grenade. Shit, yeah, like you have so many, just pick up a grenade, pull the pin, and like drop it, and then instant boom, no nothing. Well, I think I think she was waiting for them to get far enough away to the point then she could either way pull the pins either way. It, all she had to do was pick up a grenade and hold it and wait exactly the way she did pull a pin out when they're all in there and then drop it to the floor and then boom. But instead yeah, she suppose. goes for the little Zippo thing, which obviously is just dramatic. It adds to the drama it's, of yeah. it. It's never going to like. But then why does she let the whole kiss thing happen? 
So what, this, with the, this fungi zombie the fun- person comes right up to her, opens his mouth and like starts kissing her and the, the fungi sort of goes into her mouth as she's in. still trying to click this thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Like, why would you let that part happen? Well, I feel like it's maybe because she's so... In the moment, all she's thinking about is just trying to get the zippo to work. So mm-hmm. she's just standing there, like taking it. Right? Maybe yeah, I guess, yeah. Because alternatively, she sort of starts fighting or something, and then she really can't has no chance of like then lighting the zippo. So maybe she's just trying to stay yeah. as still as possible. It just yeah. like I was just like, what? Gross! Like, why? Why are you letting this thing kiss you? Weird. But that part happens in the game as well. Oh, okay, lovely. No, I don't think the kiss happens. Just like the explosion and like the way, oh, right, yeah, yeah. the way it's shot, like how she's telling him, get like take the kid, get out of here, yeah. like just go. Yeah, I'll hold them back. Yeah, I mean, very, very powerful, very strong scene. I just was like, you have all these grenades, like use the grenade. Um, rather than this, I didn't realize she zippo. didn't actually. To be fair, like that's a good point because I didn't realize she didn't pull the pins. I thought she started pulling the pins and then just dropping them. So no, then when they just... came in. They were just gonna nope, explode. She just threw him on the ground. Didn't do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a little bit silly. Yeah, a little silly. But hey ho, leads to a quite dramatic scene. And then I believe that wraps up that episode. They sort of Joel and Ellie get away, and that's that. Now the third episode. Wow. Yeah, this is obviously the one that I've heard everybody talking about. Um, this is the one. Yeah. So I believe it starts though. Um. Which I feel like it's a it's a great episode that because it didn't need to happen, like the Last of Us direct, like the team didn't need they they could have just had Joe and Ellie rock up. Yeah. So you know, the the start the of this and... the start of this episode is that essentially that we find out. I think Tess makes the suggestion. Yeah, she says that you have to convince them, sort of thing. Um. But yeah, we're basically like you know. Go to Joel and Frank's. Oh, sorry. Um, go to Bill and Bill Frank's and because they'll know what to do. Yeah. So, the opening scene is Tess uh, huh, is Joel and Ellie in the woods, and they're going to a secret stash that he's got to get supplies to then go to Bill and Frank's. And mm-hmm. they could have. You're right. They could have just shown up. Things be a bit off, and then and they're dead or gone or missing, yeah. and then left the note. But. But they showed in the order to story. make the sort of the suicide, I guess, the euthanasia, whatever you want to call it, sort of like be as prominent, but then yeah, they give you a whole it's even thing. even how they how Joel got connected with them through tests yep. and because obviously so I don't think I don't know if you realise, see in episode one where Ellie's playing with the, the music recorder and like like the, the the radio thing. Yeah, the radio. Yeah, the code. And she's like, so what's the 80s for? Like, 60s yeah. is this, 70s. That's obviously coming from Bill and Frank's. Yeah, yeah. I made that connection. And then also I... um, What was it? Episode... One of the episodes, they show the radio starts playing a song. I think it's the end of episode two, actually. Yeah, so it's it's when it starts playing 80s, which yeah. is like bad, bad news. Yeah. Yeah, so I like shazammed the song and I was like finding what period of time this song was from and I was like, ah, oh, this is an 80s song, so bad news. Like, I, I worked mm-hmm. that out and was following along there. Um, but anyway, the storyline for episode three, let's just read that and then we'll get into it. So after the death of Tess, Joel and Ellie head to the house of his friends Frank and Bill 
They stop at a gas station where Joel has stashed supplies. They proceed their journey and find a, a pit of skeletons and bones where Fedra has killed many citizens since the quarantine zone was crowned. Sorry, it was crap. Where they killed citizens because the quarantine zone was crowded. Meanwhile, in the flashback, the encounter of Bill and Frank in Lincoln is disclosed until their deaths. So yeah, uh, I guess just go through the, the Joel and um, Ellie stuff first. Comes to the stash house. Ellie goes into like sort of a weird sort of underground basement, basement thing, thing where there is a trapped fungi dude down there, and Ellie that was horrid. does Oof. a weird sort of inspection of it and then stabs it in the head. Yeah. So I think this is her first recorded kill that we've seen from episodes one to one three. To, yes, yes, yes. It is the first time so you see her a kill. first like stab to the head sort of thing, mm -hmm. but. But she does say episode that, seven. <laughs> I know. It's I was going to say uh, she does say to Joel that she has killed one before. Yeah. Also, very interesting. She they ask Tess asks her in episode two like how she got bit, um, and she said about going to the mall, and um, that's where you know she was like messing around, and one was there, and it like got the jump on her. And Tess mm -hmm. says like, "Were you alone?" And she sort of pauses and then says, "Yes, I was alone." And she was like, wow, you got balls, kid. But having seen episode seven, yeah, I know I, she I wasn't alone. Um, I mean, she does the whole like pause and like, yeah, I was alone. So like you could, it leaves open to speculation anyway. But yeah, yes, having watched episode seven first. I think that's just her hiding her past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not wanting to talk about that. I mean, we haven't mentioned this yet, but Ellie is a very quick-witted and confident and, you know, quite angry aggressive sort of character like she swears a lot she's like yep. quick to the the comeback and all this sort of stuff like she's a she's a or they are a very well written uh character yeah she's just like because it, it could have so easily been a 14 year old helpless kid who needs help across the sort of city and joel has to do everything for her, sort of hold her hand and everything yeah um she's an interesting one I think she's obviously the like the the daughter that Joel mm -hmm. wanted to have and bring up, and mm -hmm. like that's why he's kind of sticking around. And uh, but no, she's definitely a a good one. Because can you remember in episode two where she's like, "Oh, your watch is broken." By the way, mm -hmm. you know you noticed that one. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, but no, yeah. So we get Ellie's first kill. Or we see her first kill anyway. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bit of a ruckus and they jump up. She jumps back up. And uh, is that where it ends and goes to the flashback of Bill? Yeah, I believe Cause so. Because for, for me, that that's where the episode really started. It was... Yeah, absolutely. You I just mean, see your typical American, so no, no, fuck sorry. the government. That, the jump doesn't happen there. So they leave the stash house to them walking down the path. Joel says, okay, we're going to go into the woods now. And she's like, why don't we keep going down the path? And he's like, well, because it's something I don't want you to see. We then see the citizen sort of like dead mass grave. grave and yeah, then it zooms yeah. in the clothes as a mum and a daughter skeleton. And then it flashes to them in real life outside of Bill's house with the security That's camera. what it is. That's where the transition is. Yeah. Um, uh, Just a quick question before we get on that last one, and then we'll jump into the the, the Bill and uh, Frank storyline. How accurate, without spoilers, how accurate is the portrayal of the uh, the main two characters, Joel and Ellie, versus the video game characters? 
very accurate like bang on obviously the look of it is going to look one way um like they're wearing the same outfits i assume and obviously the actors are going to be as closely matched as possible but not identical but the the way they talk the sort of attitude like all that yeah it's there's a lot of the same dialogue like you can see on facebook and stuff like there's the the scene of even like your watch is broken it's like scenes like that uh happening in real life even in a car with the radio and stuff Hmm. like there's the scene of the game and then there's the scene of the, the tv show and they play along side by side and they're yeah they're very similar uh, so I believe and I'm just trying to Google this super quickly. Um, bu- 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 bu. So I believe that the person who came up with the video game and made the video game is also heavily involved in making of the TV show. I wouldn't be surprised. So I think that he's basically like he's still involved, but is making some creative choices that are different from the video game. Yeah, because I do, I do, I don't think Bill and Frank's, unless I just can't remember it in the video game. I don't, I can't no, remember. I don't, I don't think that is at all. So, but I think yeah. this is what they're saying is that like, the video game is set with the main characters because you have to go through that storyline versus the TV yeah. show. He's allowing himself to sort of dive into the world a little bit more here and there as to as to these secondary or background characters and sort of what's going on there. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Good to know. Right, let's get into it. So, as you said, opens up classic sort of rednecky survivalist dude. Yep. Fuck saying, the government. Like, Fuck the government and not staying here. And I just love the whole like because obviously you get I think there's three time jumps from from Bill and Frank. So obviously the first one is day one for him. He's out. He's he's collecting fuel. He's collecting you know mm-hmm. rations he's already got all his weapons he's built fences traps like it does a good job of work. showing something that i've always thought and obviously i'm not the only one to think this people have mentioned it all the time but these sort of apocalypse survivalists in real life mm-hmm. doomsday preppers sometimes they're called like they generally have all this shit and are working on this shit all the time so yeah. in a way they kind of must be hoping that it happens otherwise you've wasted your whole life like imagine, yeah. you know, nothing ever happens. There's no. That's probably why, like the pandemic, they're like fucking, like yes, like this is great, like ready for this, and they're all going like above and beyond to 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 protect themselves and their family or whoever they've got. But he well, does I, seem, Bill does seem to have a bit of a spring in his step when like he's when it's happening when he's when he's setting everything up. Yeah, and he knows exactly where to go. He is like fully ready for this, and he does an incredible job. He like really takes it above and beyond so that's where for me when it then jumps as to him and he's eating his dinner and obviously one of the traps goes off and it's the the manhole and he walks over for me at this first stage i'm thinking to myself you know he's been lonely i think the first jump was five years uh he's been lonely for five years he's maybe gonna make a friend here let him live in one of the houses and this is then going to be the start of this settlement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I was, I wasn't wrong. Like they were friends. He just lived in the yeah. Same so house. that's quite the. Again, the the I don't know if juxtaposition is the right word, but it's it's very jarring because we have this stereotypical sort of American survivalist, you know, gun ho, very macho Beard. man idea, um, and you don't imagining him being very inviting 
in any capacity towards anybody. But then also he does cave to sort of this man and, and letting Frank into his his world just by saying okay i'll give you some food because he says the line like if i feed you then you'll tell someone and then everybody's going to come looking for this place to get a free meal sort of thing so he does like have his principles but then he he bends them pretty quickly and you i sort of i'm cynical watching it because i'm like i wonder why i like i guess he's lonely but also he's he's still got his gun on his leg the whole time that never goes away he's always got that no um but yeah he invites him in and not he doesn't just because in my head i'm like okay he's in your pit he's gonna go away he's gonna get like a loaf of bread give it to you and point you on your way and off you go sort of thing like that's it but he doesn't he goes full he on wines and dines him wines and dines him gives him the same meal that he'd be cooking for himself um and a very nice bottle of wine which i guess doesn't really matter considering the value of things obviously is just everything's got value now um so yeah, he wines and dines him, and then that's the first. I mean, we do see him eating by himself, and he obviously collects wines and stuff. So you start to get this little sprinkle of sort of this higher society sort of like fascination or or uh, enjoyment that um, Bill gets out of the world. But then when he wines and dines Frank, the I think Frank says, "Wow, you know to pair lamb with like a good." cabinet or something like that and he's like yeah well i know i don't uh-huh. seem the type um but he has and like, i think that's yeah that's what for me that's like his the turning point because i mean i don't know if i think he showers first and then they have dinner yeah and it's showers like his appreciation for like having a hot shower he's like maybe i could share this like maybe it doesn't just need to be me then he's helping him then he's like his appreciation for the meal and the wine and the, the way he's paired the two and he's then he's starting to open up mm-hmm. a little bit to frank yeah he like when he brings up just before the whining and dining when he brings up the clothes and lays it on the bed he sort of like lets him ha- he asks can i have five more minutes sort of in the shower and he's yeah. like yep yeah, okay sure and he's sort of like slowly letting him have more and more considering he was just going to point him on his way and nothing and then he's giving him fresh clothes he's letting him shower he's letting him shower for longer than the allotted time that he told him to he fine wines and dines and like there's clearly like these little indications of sort of he's like yeah wants to like show himself or show frank a good time essentially and then mm-hmm. yeah we lead towards the piano and we see that actually he's also you know he's an artist he knows how to play some nice music and he's yeah sort of just this this just jarring side that whilst he is like a survivalist and he's got guns and he's got a bunker and he's fucked the government they're all nazis and this sort of stuff he also is like uh what is the word in touch with the finer things the artsy sort of side of stuff the the like a delicate side essentially like you know some a side that you would not expect from the the front that he gives off Obviously, this then leads into the big reveal that they kiss, they fall in love together, they then, you know, jump. So the next jump's like five years, I guess. Another five years. Well, when we, get we the also have. And stuff. Yeah, before that, we have like the, the scene they go to bed and, you know, whatever happens, happens sort of thing. The rumpe pumpe. Um, the rumpe pumpe. Um, <laughs> God. Yeah. Also, we hear that this is his. This is Bill's first time. He's not been with a man, but obviously, like this is something that obviously he might have been thinking about. Um, I wonder though, and McKinley made this point of whether 
would it be a case of I don't know if it would be a fair case to assume that Bill is gay off the get-go or just that Bill is like everybody would be in this world sort of just starved of love and affection and the idea that you know I am straight I am gay I'm bisexual whatever like pretty much that disappears in a post-apocalyptic world and you just love you're just happy to have a companion yeah yeah exactly maybe i don't know i'm just saying that could be an option maybe bill has always been gay don't know um but yeah i just wonder if like if you're starved completely of any sort of social um interaction interaction at all and also zero complete zero uh, repercussions outside world influence anything your neighbors won't see you your family don't have to know you're you're um there's no social media obviously there wasn't anyway um like all of these outside sort of factors gone yeah you just probably resort to your very much caveman sort of natural animalistic sort of tendencies tendencies and if you fall in love with someone you fall in love with someone you don't actually even see the gender of them i wonder if that's sort of a case um but yeah so bill and frank fall in love um we then fast forward to them and it's yeah it's like five years later and they're having an argument um Mm -hmm. and it's basically that frank this is over tess nope nope not there yet so it's that frank wants to use some gasoline to use the lawn mower to mow the lawns and to paint the house and fence and stuff because he wants to make where they live look nice and Mm -hmm. bill is very much like i that is a waste of resources we're here for survival um and that's our first sort of perfect view of the two of them we have frank who wants to they both want to live look nice they both want to live but i would say frank wants to live and yeah. Bill wants to survive. And that's sort yeah. of their, their jarring sort of um, differences between the two. But he does compromise. He does let him sort of say, yes, okay, we'll do this sort of thing. And then <clears throat> the, he says, because we're going to have like friends over. And Bill's like, he's like, we're never going to have any friends over. And then Frank says, well, I've been talking to this nice lady over the radio. And Bill yep. loses it. He's like, what? And then we cut to a scene of Joel and Tess sitting outside their house at a dinner party. Bill's got his gun on the table pointing directly at them. And, you know, Frank's trying to be super social and super nice and conversationalist. And Bill's just fucking deaf staring Joel, like with his gun on the yep. table. And I, I love, love that scene. I love it so much because both Joel and Tess acknowledge that Bill, like, you understand why you're nervous. Like, don't worry. Joel's mm-hmm. the same way sort of thing. Like, it's totally fine. And then, like, Frank says, oh, you've got to come inside the house and see this and picks up Tess and they start wandering towards the house. And Bill's just like, not inside the house. Not inside the house. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, very guarded of, like, his space and, and his life. Um, And, yeah, that's the first interaction we get with Joel and Bill. Yes. That's when they're face to face, and that's when you realize because Joel's like, "Don't worry, like I, I totally get it," but like you're gonna have to take that gun out of my face. Well, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the way he says it is perfect. It is, it is pretty much like that, but it's a bit more jarring, I think. It's like, look, I'm totally the same way. Like it's exactly fine, but get that fucking gun out of my face. Yeah. Like he's like, he's like, okay, I'm letting you know now. You, you take that thing down. He like slowly holds it back into his leg. And I do think that's where 
Bill's like, you know what, okay, maybe they're not so much of a threat. Like, mm -hmm. that he's understanding of why I'm being like this and he just doesn't want to eat his dinner with a gun pointed at Yeah. So maybe uh, I will put it in my pocket. Bill also is very confident in what he has set up and what he has built for him and Frank. So Joel mm -hmm. says, look, we can help each other out. You know, like, you're going to need supplies and we're going to need, like, help from you sort of thing. We can sort of set up this relationship. Bill That's says, Adam... Bill says adamantly that he is just nope. He's like nope. I've like we are fully self sufficient here. And then Joel points out some things. He said, "Well, that fence is going to rust in about a year's time because you're not using yeah. like aluminum, and you know such and such is going to happen." And then he's like, "We can get you like the materials, the materials that would last, that would last a lifetime, years. you know." Um, and that sort of is the first inkling. Um, and then yeah, it fast forwards and we hear that. Um, yeah, the strawberry sort of scene. So uh, Frank surprises Bill with having planted these strawberries with seeds that he got from Tess, I believe he says. Stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And they do... Sorry, before that jump, you do hear Tess and Frank, as they're leaving, talk about the radio system. He's, and Frank says, oh, I've got this really cool idea of how we can keep talking through the radio. Keep, like, yeah. 80s is, like, bad. 70s is, like, whatever. And you sort of hear mm -hmm. that. So, again, the tie into that. Um and then, yeah, we see them get, oh, that was it. Joel says, you, on, as they're leaving, Frank and Jess are talking about the radio setup. Joel says to Bill, just so you know, like raiders are going to be coming at some point. Like they uh -huh. are going to find you eventually. And when they do, they'll attack you at night and, you know, it won't be good. And Bill says, shit, yeah, that's we're going to be ready. Um, he was fucking ready holy holy shit, shit he was, was ready. he ready like <laughs> yeah that is the that was such a fucking cool it makes scene. me like, think he's just of... standing out in the middle of the road pissing rain yeah sniping <laughs> oh so i thought i lost you there for a second no no i'm still here all good um yeah it you're, made you're me think of okay. like a quite a, a solid comparison to the walking dead and the prison they sort of set up the prison as their sort of fortress and they have a nice sort of yeah. element to where they live in the prison, but they like put spikes and stuff on the outside. And then I believe it's Megan comes and attacks them at the prison and sort of like how they're going to defend it. Um, anyway. No, it's the, it's the governor. Oh, the governor. Sorry. You're, it's yeah, the, you're it's the governor that attacks them at the prison. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Bill, we see that Frank wakes up to all these explosions and we see outside basically the uh, the raiders approach the fence line and all these mini sort of saw blades turn on and then flames come out and Oof, they're fucking they fried they touch the fence they get electrocuted and then we hear gunshots and frank makes it outside and sees that bill is just standing there in his little baseball cap with a sniper just fucking taking people out um <laughs> Uh, yeah. Which I, I love, I love the dramaticness, right? Yeah. I love the the look of it. He's standing in the middle of the road. He's he's protecting his property, but just get behind a fucking bush or something. This is exactly what I was thinking. Okay, like I can't. I I actually like same as you. Love the dramaticness of it. Love the scene, mm -hmm. but I don't believe that Bill would do that. There's no, like, no just take cover. There's no way. I mean, the dude was in a long sleeve white t-shirt at nighttime mm -hmm. the least camouflage thing he could be wearing other than like a high-vis vest like yeah. 
He like, and I don't believe that he would do that. If he is a survivalist and he's made he all these plans, I would have thought he would have like a crow's nest in the roof yeah. or something, or he would have, he'd be poking out the window on the first floor or, or something. He wouldn't be standing in the middle of the street shooting nah. away. So that part kind of annoyed me. I was like, this is like, I think a fail of attention to detail, but it had to happen so that he would get shot. That was what yeah. we were looking for. Which I was then surprised at the next jump. Yes. Obviously, the next jump uh, is when they're a little bit older. This surprise. They've aged Kinley. a little bit. So, uh, and Frank, he's actually still alive. Well, yeah. So Frank brings him in. He lays him down on the table and starts immediately going to work at like fixing his bullet wound. And Bill says, "Look, don't worry about them. Like the fence is going to take care of the rest of them. Like they're not coming in now. Like basically, yeah. like we're we're fine." But. I've made instructions for you on how to survive past me. Here's what you have to do. Get in touch with Joel. So he's putting his faith in Joel again. And keeps saying over and over again that, like, he'll look after you. He'll now look after you. And it's very clear that Bill has taken on this uh, protector guardian role over Frank. And that's, like, Uh his purpose is keeping Frank alive. And he sort of... I think the connotation comes across that, like, he is um might think that frank can't take care of himself too well um and that frank is somewhat of a liability but frank fucking does everything he keeps him alive he fucking uses all the whiskeys and everything keeps him talking passes out and then the next scene yeah we cut to we see from a distance someone sitting in a wheelchair yeah which i thought was bill everyone did i did too McKinley thought that Bill was dying there and then, said there's no way he's yeah. going to survive this kind of thing. Well, yeah, I thought he was dead on the table. I said, no, I think that actually Frank's going to save him here. Um, and then when we cut to the next scene, I was like, yeah, see, there he is. Like, he's in the wheelchair. He's fine. Like, he's not yeah, fine, but he's in a wheelchair. Um, also, McKinley made quite a funny point that if we go back to the first episode and when Joel first meets Ellie, the head of the Fireflies lady there, Melissa or whatever her name was, is like holding her stomach here and has been shot in the bottom right sort of section and is like tells them to hurry up she's like hey guys you know take your time but hurry up because i'm bleeding out here and is like been shot in the same place mckinley said how come when bill gets shot there it's like he can't handle it at all and it's like the same place he gets shot versus this other person could just stand in the corridor and have a chit chat well i mean millimeters can Depend. Like if, if, if caliber of the rifle you were shot with, size of the bullet, the yeah, your body is obviously different. Tons of things, but it was quite funny when she said that. I was like, yeah, yeah you know, um, <laughs> story demanded it. But yes, we see man in a wheelchair, but then we see that it's Frank and it's not Bill, and that was quite interesting. I was very shocked. Yeah, very shocked. So um, the assumption is is they've gotten older by quite a bit. Yep. I think this was like. 10 years later so this is now so th- th- this was now so yeah the first one was five second was five and then the third was 10 was 10 okay so this, so yeah, now this, gets this is us them to now 2023 so then i guess jess and sorry tess and uh joel met them five years ago ish would be the assumption no it would have been 10 10 years ago because they they met because if the if the last time jump was ten years, hmm. right, they would have met ten years ago. Yes, sorry, that, you're, so. yeah, you're correct. So ten years ago. So that also adds more to how Joel then at the end of this episode 
reacts to this news or whatever is quite interesting. But just, yeah, yeah, keeping that in mind. But yeah, we see that Frank clearly isn't doing so hot. He's in a wheelchair. He's stumbling around a bit. He does he's painting, dying. but you can see that the paintings are sort of like sloppier than some of the other examples that are pinned up on the wall. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's dying. And then we get the whole... Is one of uh, Bill's incredible? Yeah. Yeah. The one on the wall. Yeah, a Bill. lot of the paintings are, are really good. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we sort of see him going through a whole day and we see that... You know, Bill has to like take care of him and carries him into bed. It's a really cool scene where he does his pills and Frank can't open the little packet. So then Bill does, and just in his like very still, manly, macho voice, he's just like, "We need to have an orange one, a little whitey, and a roundy one." Mm-hmm. And he's just like sort of like giving him the pills and stuff. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, the next morning, Frank says like, "This is my last day. Like it's I'm last done." One. And we're going to go to the, you know, you're going to make me toast. And then we're going to go to the store, pick out an outfit. You will wear what I pick out for you. We're going to get married. And then you'll cook me a really nice meal. And then with my glass of wine, you'll crush up these, put it in, and you'll take me to bed and I'll fall asleep in your arms. Yeah. The McKinley was bawling this whole oh, yeah. final day, bawling. Like everything oh, wow. that happens, them getting married him cooking the the final meal which was their first meal together with the same, same yeah. bottle of wine but i loved how they were sat so in the first meal they were sat opposite ends yes. of the table yeah on this side bill was actually sat further up closer yeah. to frank yeah and the attention to detail too of even when he comes out with the plates and he puts the plate down he then still rounds it to be at the perfect spot like these tiny yeah. tiny little details that are just so huge um and then, yeah, then we get the the wine scene and, you know, uh, Frank takes his, but then Bill also, like, chugs his very quickly. Romeo and Ju- Juliet sort of tragic suicide scene. Um, together. And he says that, yeah, he says the great line of being like, you know, um, essentially that, that Frank is his, he's old, like, Bill's old as well, he admits, and says that Frank is, like, his purpose to live. So, like, without yeah. him, like... What's, there's no point there's in survival no point. like i was surviving to make you survive essentially like you were yeah. my purpose which is obviously super sweet and 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 nice and gives you the whole scene and then yeah that's that's them that's them you don't see them again um you then get the note so Fran, uh, joel and ellie show up obviously the the plants are dead the food has gone off so clearly something's wrong Ellie finds the note and then Joel says to read it. Um, and it's funny because it says, like, um, to whoever found this, but probably Joel. And yeah. it's like, if whoever found this, um, but it's definitely going to be Joel because if it's not Joel, no one else would know the code and you'd be destroyed by my fence or my traps. Ha, 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 ha. And uh-huh. it's like, just the little touches are really good. Um, he and says, don't come into the bedroom. Yeah, don't come in the bedroom. Uh, you'll see something you don't want to see, but we did leave the window open so that the whole house won't stink. Um, yeah. Take whatever you want. Joel, I want you to know that I never liked you, but I guess we were kind of friends or something like that. Um, mm. And then says, you know, that's our purpose in life. We're protectors. Like we're supposed to find someone and keep them alive and look after them. And he writes in the letter, it's, you know, so you do that for a test. Um, mm-hmm. But we all know that he's going to have to do it for Ellie. For Ellie now. Yeah. 
and then they yeah load up the car load up the supplies and they're off and yeah the, the scene that i mentioned earlier is that um ellie's never been in a car before and she thinks it's like mm-hmm. a spaceship so for me right right if i was to have had a friend like bill and i stumbled across obviously i was going to him i was on a mission and i was going to him to take this girl away mm-hmm. i'm i'm just i'm setting up ship you're just staying there yeah i'm staying there I'm but in a nice safeguarded area. The importance area. of the mission. That's what I think is key here. Because whilst Joel is giving off the idea that he doesn't believe in this, I think he mm-hmm. does believe in this. And he wants to believe in it, but he won't show it externally. And he also yeah. wants to find his brother, right? That's still his main motivation. So there is, whilst it's so easy, because I thought the exact same thing. I was like, Bill I mean, has like stay. set up a fucking fortress of solitude. Like, you are good. Like, just stay yep. there. Like the freaking lights were still on from where they left them on and the electric fence was still working. He knows all the codes. He's got all the ammunition of food and everything he needs there. No one else is there. Like fucking take it. Um, but yeah, no, the the weight of his mission and then also um going to see his brother, I think obviously is the clear motivating as to why he needs yeah. to keep on moving. Definitely. But yeah, episode three, what an episode. Um incredible i think the the thing that's quite clever is that it's one hell of an episode but it is not at all a last of us episode no it, it is really isn't just like the, i think the reason why mckinley was so like upset watching it and why it does so good emotionally is because after the raid it's literally just a story of two men who fall in love and then one of them gets cancer and dies. Yeah. And that's it. Like there's no there's nothing about any of that other than the fact that he can't go to a doctor and get an MRI scan and do treatment. There yeah. is there there's plenty of people who wouldn't do that anyway. So it's uh-huh. just sort of like it's just a romantic story of two people who are in love. You are shown how different they are but yeah yeah, together they're better sort of thing and it's it's got nothing to do with the fungus and the the end of the world apocalypse it's just two men living out their life and you know that's it so yeah i think that's why it works so well is because yeah like if imagine if like yeah during the final meal like a zombie burst through the fence or something like that would take you out of it immediately um yeah so yeah they really create this tight little bubble that you just sort of as a viewer just sort of get to enjoy and watch and i think i think that's why the the raid scene was so like kind of well made you sit up and mm-hmm. shit shit sent the fan again yeah uh, because it is it's nice and peaceful like they're they're living in this place for like 10 years at this point and then they finally get raided and it's just shit hitting the fan eh? yeah and he's set up again bill has set up such a fortress that like they don't mention the zombies like once they don't mention the fact that there's this fungal thing out and about like they're not scared of it they're walking about in the street confidently like bill always has gun on him but like it's just for raiders don't for other people yeah they don't talk about it it just isn't a thing in their little world so quite crazy um yeah great first three episodes i think you get a really good setup into the world episode one you get a really good sort of like world as it currently is and the mission and what we have to do and the importance of it and the challenges we're going to overcome in episode two and then you get a just a nice sort of like character sort of feeder kind of episode story three so quite 
quite an interesting start to the season. Um, I guess going forward, I'm going to keep watching the show. And at some point, it won't be the following episode necessarily. It might be, it might not be. I'm not sure, quite sure. Our scheduling is is a little off because we got mm-hmm. some things coming up, which again, secret secrets. Um, but yeah, at some point, we'll be back with a sort of season one review, I guess, because I'm probably going to fly through all of it. So we'll then do yeah. episode four to the final finale, talk about the season as a whole, what we like, what we didn't like. Um, so stay tuned for that. But for those of you who are interested in The Last of Us, these are the first three episodes. I sort of thoughts on it. And then you can continue watching all the way through from here. I think it's a good little little setup for you. Yep. And that's that. Anything else you want to add? Or are we wrapping this one up? No, I think that's. I think we've covered pretty much everything there. Cool. Awesome. Right. Not everything, but there's, no. there's but only so much you We did pretty cover. good. And you had some really nice insights. So well done you. I'm mm. giving you brownie points. Thank you. <laughs> I like the, I like this show. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. It's good. It's nice that we get to review a show. It's been a while since we've done that. So I was going to say before we started, it's been a while since we've actually done a review. Yeah, I think but, man, I think uh, Boba Fett would have been the last. Well, that yeah, that was a very committed sort of thing that we did. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we're. I think this is how we're going to do it going forward. Is we'll pick a show or a movie or something. We can't do obviously every single new thing that comes out. It's just impossible. Yeah, but we'll just pick, ones that we'll pick one that we definitely want to match up on. So you know, I this year later on coming out is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse two. Like if you're not going to the cinema to see that, and if I'm not going to the cinema to see that, then just shoot us in the head because like, what are we doing? Like we both love that be going to the first movie. We're gonna see that and we're gonna review it. Uh-huh. So there are certain things coming up that we're going to dedicate to. Um, and The Last of Us is where we're at right now. Anyway, yeah. um, thank you everybody so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can leave us a five-star rating on um, Spotify. It's pretty easy to do and it would be great. Uh, you can follow us at Pineapple Theory underscore podcast where we post our latest episodes and some news. I've been one of your hosts, Reese. You stay classy, San Diego. My co-host, John. We'll see you fucking later. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.